If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roaring 20s Podcast. Today, we have on with us Alicia Pope, known as Purely Pope on the Instagram. She's a Pilates instructor and health coach and host of the Purely Podcast, which we love, which we were just on. So be sure to go and check out that episode along with this episode, because who doesn't love a podcast swap back to back? Hey, Alicia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to continue the convo and come over here. Yes, it's been so fun so far and we're just going to keep going and talk a little bit more about Alicia, but we were having a whole conversation about 20s stuff, which we all know is a whole bag of tricks. Um, We're going to (laughs) focus a little more on some health and wellness stuff on this end of it, but let's get into it. Alicia, tell us about you, who you are, how old you are since it's roaring 20s and where you're from. Yes. So I am Alicia Pope Eret. Technically, I got married yes. in in December, but then actually in October, you know, like a whole a whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now we have two anniversaries. So my husband loves Love it. that. Um, <laughs> Double but, the celebration. What's wrong yeah, with that? Exactly. Exactly. So in two anniversaries to remember all the things. <laughs> so yes, I am the founder of Purely You, which is an on-demand health coaching and Pilates platform. It's motivational health coaching, body loving Pilates, and I'm a health coach and Pilates instructor, as you mentioned. And so that's kind of who I am. I'm sure we'll dive a lot deeper into all of that. I am 32. I'll yeah, in May I'll be 33, which is crazy. Um, and then I live in LA in Marina Del Rey, which we just found right out. Around the corner. Like, your neighbors, which is fun. <laughs> um, and then I'm originally from Chicago. So I grew up in Chicago. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. And we love an East Coast girl on the West Coast. Yeah. They're yeah. the best kind. Yes. Love it. Love it. No, we'll, and we'll definitely get into all of that, but I guess to start off, what led you to Pilates specifically and why did you decide to turn it into a business along with health coaching? 
Yeah. So a lot about like what led me to Pilates, I think first, like kind of going back a little bit, um, with my relationship with exercise. So, so much of what I've shared in terms of like my business and what I've shared since I've started purely Pope as a business online. And I didn't even start it as a business originally. It really just started as a place to share what I was doing in like the health and wellness space and share like my recipes, what workouts I was doing, whatever. But throughout that journey, I have grown so much and changed so much. Um, and one of those things that has changed a lot has been my relationship with exercise. And we dove into this a little bit on my podcast too, but in my late twenties, I started to learn how to prioritize myself and started to learn that, okay, I could make decisions where I could say no to other people and say like, no, I don't actually want to go out and drink and party anymore. I actually, I, I want to wake up and take care of myself. I want to wake up and go to a yoga class or do a class or whatever that might be. Um, but at that time too, back then I was in a place with health and wellness that was really restrictive. And I had a lot of like shoulds placed around my diet and also fitness. So mm -hmm. I thought that for exercise specifically, I was like, well, it should look a certain way. You should feel super depleted afterwards. It has to be an hour long. It has to be really hard. Like I was forcing myself to go to all these hit workouts. I was having such anxiety going into every single class. And then I would feel super depleted all day, the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And I was actually really hesitant to get into Pilates at that time in my life. Like I had done it a few years prior and I loved it, but I was like, oh, well, like, I don't know, like it doesn't do anything. You know, it's like, I was really skeptical. I was like, there's not much to it. Like it has to be, it doesn't fit this mold of like what society says that a workout should look like. Right. Or like what you should do to like, look a certain way. Yep. So I, eventually started to do it again. And I actually saw better results than ever because the biggest thing that changed as well was my mindset around movement. I started to realize that I could be more gentle to my body. I could be more kind to my body. And I started to see exercise instead of calling it exercise or fitness, I started to call it movement because for me that kind of removed all these like outside cultural norms around fitness. And it allowed me to say like, Oh, well, it could be like a five or 10 minute, you know, Pilates class, or it could be a class, you know, it could be a walk that it's just going to be a 10 minute walk. But if that consistency piece of me showing up for myself each and every day is what matters, it doesn't have to look a certain way. So the movement piece of things in terms of like the business going back into like, how did I decide to turn it into a business that actually came second. I actually became a health coach first and mm. that's where I started to turn that all into a business and just really help women learn that and learn that, you know, prioritizing yourself is the most important thing. I talk a lot about mindset shifts, but, and then eventually I became a Pilates instructor as well, because I really wanted to share my approach to Pilates with women and share what a difference making that time for you and prioritizing yourself each day could make, but also to share Pilates in a way that I think, unfortunately, I mean, there's so many amazing, great instructors out there that don't do this, but unfortunately there still is a lot 
in the space in fitness space in general, like if I, especially if I go on like YouTube or Pinterest or whatever, where people are saying like, Oh, you know, flat belly workout, or like, you know, get this person's abs. If you do this or, you know, like shrink your waistline or whatever. And I'm like, why are we still talking about this? Like, no, we should want to be stronger. We should, we, we should be empowering women to, you know, show up as their best selves, like love your body, show your body, love things like that. Instead of this, like being smaller, like, no, let's focus on being stronger, you know? And like, I think that like the verbiage that you use in movement is so important too, especially as an instructor. So like, you know, my Pilates mentor had taught me, she's like, yeah, say things like, instead of saying, bring your shoulders back, she's like, say things like proud chest or like shine your heart forward, or, you know, like really starting to empower someone instead of saying like, oh, you know, like shrink your arms or whatever. It's like no strong arms or even like burn those arms or whatever. It's like, no, like strong arms, you know, like things like that like the language that you use is really important. So that's kind of the piece of like what made me want to turn it into a business too, is that I just loved this message that I was able to share with women through health coaching. And I actually, I had done like going way back. I had done like cheerleading and a coach. I was a coach there. And like, so I loved all of that stuff. And, and I just really wanted to take the next step in that with Pilates. It's something that I had wanted to do forever. Um, and I just wanted to share it because in the way that I have found it because it really has changed my life. I know we were talking a lot about movement and about how it's like such an amazing ritual too for you, because I think with Pilates for me, it really is a moving meditation and it has allowed me to appreciate and love my body. Like, like I had never before. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the best way too. Yeah. I love all that. And I think like one of the most important things you said is about the language and it's so true across so many areas of our life. Like the way that we speak to ourselves and the language that we choose to use when we're talking about certain things, whether it be fitness, whether it be about, uh, the way we look, whether it be about sex, like the language we use is so important And I think that that has been a big shift like for us throughout our 20s and and for women in general of like, how do we really want to speak to ourselves, whether that's like how we talk to ourselves in our minds or like how we're talking to ourselves when we're working out. And it's just amazing how like doing that shift and finding the right vocabulary can be like so life-changing in terms of our mental health. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's like, that's the premise of my entire health coaching program that I do with my one-on-one clients too. And everything that I talk about, it's like these small little language shifts and mindset shifts. And like the first step that I always say is it's like, stop saying those things out loud. Right. And then also you could find like an accountability partner. So like, you know, I'm sure that you guys do this for each other too, but like my husband now it's like, if I say something negative about myself, we'll be like, Hey, don't say that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I do the same thing for him. And we're like, no, like say something positive like don't talk that way about my wife or don't talk that way about my husband or whatever you know so I think like having people around you and surrounding yourself with people that are going to hold you accountable to that as well because I think that's one of the biggest things is like stop saying it out loud but also you don't realize how small language or like verbiage shifts could be in your overall approach. So like another like example in terms of like a mindset and language shift is that I think, especially with like in me getting out of like diet culture and being on like on and off diets forever, 
has been, was an addition mindset. And I was like, okay, instead of focusing on what I don't want on my plate or what I can't have on my plate or, you know, being smaller, eating less, whatever, like I'm going to focus on like what I want to put on my plate. And then like, what else is going to make me feel good and satisfied and like focusing on that feeling rather than focusing on, oh, like it has to be this way or it has to be that way. But like focusing on how it makes you feel, I think is important too. Yeah, definitely. It it makes all the difference. Julie and I talk about probably too often, but often um, in terms of intention, but just because it matters so much, like the reasoning behind why we're doing something is so telling to the outcome. I think just because of the level of pressure and attention that we put towards certain things. And I do think like we talked a lot about aha moments on your show. And, but I think that that's one of the things that kind of, I personally keep having aha moments with is like intention, intention. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I doing this? Why am I pursuing this? How do I actually feel in this moment in my relationship to what I'm doing, this opportunity, my relationship, all these different things. And it, it really, it makes all the difference. And I feel like we can almost re reevaluate what that looks like and it might change, but regardless intention is everything. So I agree entirely. Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. And it's so important and it feels like such a little thing, but I Mm -hmm. think it's really like the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves is, you know, changing that language, changing that intention and making sure we're being like, like we talked on your show, being really aligned with why, why we're doing certain things and what our goals are. But when you were getting your business off the ground, what were some challenges that you saw in the fitness space for women, both as a coach and as a consumer for fitness? Yeah. Yeah. And before I answer that, I just wanted to say one thing off of um, Brenda's comment too, with like the intention And that too, I think is just like knowing like your intention for showing up to like a workout. So like when I was talking about when I was in that space where like I was going to a workout that I hated, that I felt such anxiety going to. And then afterwards I felt super depleted the rest of the time. And it's like my intention for that. I was like, I need to get smaller. I need to get skinnier, you know, like all of those things, like those were the intentions of my body. And like, I never saw the results I was looking for with that intention, you know? And it's like, it's so funny. It's like, when you actually take that off of it, when, when I change my intention to like, I'm showing up because I love my body. I'm doing this because I love my body. I'm doing this because it's a release for my mind, all of the things it changed so, so much. So I just wanted to say that too, because I think that intention really is so, so, so important. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I I just, I love that. And I just wanted to say uh, real quick that I think also for someone that's listening and is thinking to themselves, maybe like, I want to feel or have that intention, but I don't like, I think there's this weird phase. I I don't know if you experienced it, but I know I did where I was like, okay, I want to work out for, or I want to move my body because I love it, but I don't, I guess, or I don't feel like I do. And like, how do I get there? So I mm-hmm. think sometimes practicing, like literally practicing embodying that feeling before you actually feel it is so powerful and to not I think it's so easy to judge yourself for not feeling it yet. And then you just go even deeper down that spiral. So more so trying to embody that feeling, uh, remembering all of the reasons why you 
can feel this way and practicing embodying that feeling makes a big difference. Cause I know that there was a point where like, I wanted to feel that so much, but I couldn't get myself to get there. And I mm-hmm. felt so, I think it, it could feel really isolating because it's, you know, so many people are preaching and they're right. And it's beautiful about loving your body and, and honoring your body. But it's, it's such a weird line. I think sometimes when it's, when you don't, aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to share yeah. that because I think it's, it's so powerful, but it's, it's like knowing you will get there eventually, but, but totally. until that point. Yeah. And what I talk about with my clients too, when you are in that space where it's like body love or showing up because you love your body seems so far out of reach for you. I like to focus on like, okay, maybe I don't love, like, I'm still not at a place where like, I love my body every single day. I don't think any like person is at a place where they are like obsessed or love their body every single day, but I have been able to get to a place where like, I can like appreciate things. Right. So it's like, okay, do I love my cellulite on my thighs? Like, no, I don't, you know what I mean? But can I say like, I really appreciate my legs for like being able to walk, being able to explore the world, being able to get me up and like do all these things, right? Like, yes, I can get there. So I think that's also part of it too, is like reframing how you're looking at it as well. Um, and getting to like that place too. So like, if that like self-love seems so far away or like body love seems like unattainable, that's also like a piece of advice for somebody too. Um, but yeah, but diving into, so your question was around the, um, challenges that I saw with like women in the fitness space, um, as a business owner and consumer, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so as a consumer, I think some of the challenges that I saw, is like part of that I was touching on before Mm -hmm. was like, I think that so much of the fitness space still to this day, kind of like is still prying and like preying on women's insecurities versus lifting them up. Like that example, like getting smaller versus getting stronger. Um, and I think in like the health coaching space or just like in the wellness space in general, I think it's like, it's focused on like perfections or diets, um, versus lasting lifestyle changes. So I think that like, that's what I really noticed from the consumer side of things and like why I wanted that to be different. So like one of the biggest things I talk about with my clients is like, there is no perfection when it comes to your health. And also I think like learning when I I went through to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, one of the biggest principles that they talk about there and that they teach you is this concept of bioindividuality. And for me, it was such a liberating concept to learn about because it was like, of course, there's not going to be. Can you like define that? Yeah. For someone who doesn't know what that is. Yeah, of course. So basically the concept of bioindividuality just means that like every single person is completely different. So there is no world in which like one diet would work for everybody or like one way of eating, one way of moving, one way of living, one way Even of Even though that's what we're constantly pitched on social exactly. media that like do this diet and you'll look this way or eat this diet yeah. and you'll look this way. It's like so Exactly, crazy. exactly. And for somebody who like had been like on and off diets for a majority of my life, I was like, oh my God, this is so like diets make no freaking sense. Like they don't make any sense. Like this, this makes sense that like, yes, everybody is completely different. And even if all three of us ate exactly the same and moved exactly the same, we would still look completely different. And like, that's beautiful and unique. Right. So it's like, I think that in terms of like the, in terms of the wellness space, that was something that was like really missing for me as a consumer and why I wanted to share my message. And then with the fitness space, it's like, I really wanted women 
women to walk away feeling empowered, feeling like they could really just go about their day being that best version of them. And like, and a lot of times the language that like we're using and the language that I'm trying to use within like the Pilates practice and like when I'm training is I'm hoping going to be like subconscious throughout the day, right? Of like that, like proud chest, like stand tall, like be confident, like things like that. Or, you know, like you showed up for like, I do a little mini meditation at the end and it's just like, you showed up for yourself here today. Like show yourself gratitude for doing that, for being here. You showed up on your mat, you carved out that time for you, you know, it's like you're filling up your cup and just really being proud of that. So that's kind of like from a consumer, like the, the challenges that I saw and like why I wanted to like show up in the space in the way that I have. Um, and then from the business side, I think that a lot of the challenges that I have dealt with in the business side of, you know, in the wellness space and solopreneurship has for me personally has been comparison and self-doubt. And I think that that's just the world that we're living in today with social media. It's so easy to see everybody else's highlight reel. And especially now it's like with all the new things on social media of seeing like numbers and other, and people growing and things like that. And it's like, when you build a business based off of social media and like numbers and analytics and things like that, it's like, that's really, really hard. And it's really easy to doubt yourself, especially mm-hmm. when you are doing something by yourself yeah. and you're like, Oh my gosh, am I even doing anything? Cause you don't, you don't necessarily have like a team or a boss being like, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Like that's the right direction. Like, or no, like let's course correct here, you know? So I think something that's really helped me in terms of like that challenge has been focused focusing more so on creating over consuming. So when I notice Mm. that I'm getting to that place, like I'll give myself a day to like just release and, you know, vent and all the things to my husband. And then he's like, all right, you're going to get after it. Like the next day. And I'm like, yep, I will. I just like, I need a day to just kind of like throw my phone out and like not even look at it. And then, you know, the next day I'm like, okay, like I'm not going to scroll, you know, and just Mm -hmm. really focus on that, like creation over consumption. Um, and then the other thing is like just that mindset in general that I think in terms of the business side that has been a challenge for me. And it's just like thinking things are too saturated. Right. And I think that with that, it's like, I've actually hosted a group, uh, coaching for coaches where I, I coach other health coaches with my friend, Taryn. And one of the biggest things that we say there, I think in the fitness space, in the wellness space, in the podcasting space, even, right. It's like, everybody can say like things are too saturated. Right. But it's like, nobody is you and no one has your story Mm -hmm. and nobody like there's, there's somebody that needs to hear that your message from you and that's how it's going to resonate for them. So even if, even if you just make a difference in one person's life, you're making such a huge difference. Um, and that's what you have to remember. Cause I think as humans, like we're programmed or conditioned to focus on the negative and like see the negative. So that's really been something that, you know, in my coaching practice and in my life that has really made a big difference for me is really trying to hone in on like, okay, what's going right. Instead of focusing on what's going wrong, like what's going right, what has been good. And instead of focusing on like that one negative thing that's happened, like what about all these good things and positive things that have happened too? Yeah, that that's it. so powerful. And and it's really hard. And I think also a part about people, like we talked on your show about how we all very much want to be productive and want to check off the boxes and want to do the things that we committed to. And that's beautiful. But we do lose sight of all of the things like I, 
I think once we kind of like raise ourselves to a new standard or to a new level, we almost set this expectation that like, oh, well, we can't ever like stoop below that or else, you know, it feels like we're going backwards. But in reality, like our, I think when you are pushing towards certain goals or have a specific like hustle to your personality, which there's no right or wrong or no good or bad in that sense. But I think there are just some people who have a different type of like drive or are motivated differently. Um, And I think that it's so easy to be like, oh, well, that wasn't enough for today because I rose to this new level when in reality, it's like that, that is a huge accomplishment, you know, and maybe even a year ago, two years ago, or earlier on in your life, that would have been something that you would have, you know, strived for, for so long. So, um, I love that you take the time to focus on those other things because it's so easy to get wrapped up in the portion where it really just feels like you're never going to meet this limit and setting, not necessarily impossible standards that you can never meet, but it's like, we we were talking about this the other day, Ju, when it comes to feeling fulfilled, but not satisfied and that mm-hmm. you can feel fulfilled and grateful and proud of exactly where you are, but at the same time, still strive for more, for more without kind of undermining where you are in that moment. Yeah. But it's like I, this, like blissfully dissatisfied sort of thing. Yeah. I yeah. think we're also just so result oriented. Like our whole culture is so result oriented. And it's something that I'm really like trying to learn how to navigate. And I wonder, Alicia, if you have like any, I mean, you already gave some advice on it, but any more advice on it? Because like, we're result oriented with the way we want our body to look. We're result oriented with the way we want our business to succeed. We're result oriented with the way we want to appear to other people. Like how do you navigate that pressure of like a result oriented society, both, both when it comes to like achievement and our bodies? Yeah, I think in terms of like with ourselves, with like our bodies in terms of being results oriented, I I always like to say it's like, I think it's in the how that you do things for sure. I think that matters so much, like the approach to it, because I think also too, it's like, while I I preach intuitive eating and intuitive movement and all of the things, and I don't focus on weight loss or anything like that. I've had clients that come to me and say like, well, I I do want to lose weight, but like, is that a bad thing? And I think that's also something that's like really important too. Like, I don't think it's wrong to have an aesthetic goal or to have like a result focused goal or anything like that. Like, I think that is a really important thing to say, because I think, I think that our culture is so, especially in the wellness space, I think it's like so polarizing, like, oh no, you have to be black or you have to be white. You know what I mean? It's like these like two complete opposite things and like opposite ways of thinking. And I think there is like a lot of gray area where we need to find as well. Um, And I think that it more so matters how you get there. So it's like for my, for my clients that have an aesthetic goal, normally they will come to me and they'll say like, I have this aesthetic goal. And I'm like, okay, that's great that you have that. Like, let's put that to the side. We're going to focus on like the how of we're getting there and like how we feel and like how we're approaching it and really like focusing on the method rather than the results and focusing on, okay, what are the habits that we're putting in place rather than the results and how we're feeling throughout the way. And I think that's really important for anything in life too, because I think that especially as like, we're getting older too, right? It's like, oh, you have this goal. You're like, okay, I want to hit this monetary goal. And then I want to hit this like relationship goal or this personal goal. And if you just focus on the goal, when you get to the goal, then what? You're like, okay, 
like, I'm like, all right, that's like, all right, then, then you don't have anything else to go for. Right. But if you focus on the habits and the systems that are getting you there, that is so much more productive because those are like things that can like last and build. Right. So it's like, and a lot of times going back to what I was talking about with my clients, with aesthetic goals, a lot of times when we get to the end of the program, like that goal doesn't even matter anymore because Mm -hmm. of all the different like mindset and things like that, that we have. But I think that that's like, I think in terms of not being so focused on the results, I think really focusing on the systems and the habits and like the routines that are getting you there, Mm -hmm. um, towards that goal and working towards that goal, I think is great, but I don't think solely focusing on the goal is great. Right. Cause like the habits are things that you can keep for life. Totally. Yeah. And I think that it it like forces you to analyze to like what you're actually willing to sacrifice. And I don't, I think the word sacrifice feels very like negative, but I really mean like what, like how much time are you willing to give to what it is? Like, I think sometimes we set these goals and although I really, really believe there's so much beauty in challenging ourselves, there's beauty in sometimes feeling discomfort or, or, growing to another level that you maybe didn't imagine you ever could. So I'm not necessarily saying that as a negative thing at all. I think discomfort does help us grow and help us learn and everything. However, like I know for myself, sometimes it's like, oh, do I play it safe? Do I risk it? I don't know. Like, I I think that there's so much around failure that we also talked about on your show, but in terms of sacrifice, that's where I was going is sometimes we have this idea of like what this end goal is going to look like, but we're not necessarily like analyzing what we're going to have to quote unquote sacrifice in order to get there. So like, for example, um, I think money is like a very like logical thing to, to put into perspective Mm -hmm. when it comes to an example, but like, if it comes to this like monetary goal that you have, like, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to get there? Like, are you willing to, to sacrifice, you know, like a, a realistic quote unquote budget where um, it still includes like fun nights, date nights and everything? Or like, are, is, are you willing to, or do you want to, or is it realistic for you to like place all these limits in different areas? And I think the same thing goes with goals. Like when it comes to aesthetic goals or fitness goals, because our bodies are different, because our bodies respond to things differently. Like, are you willing to, do you, like, how important is it to you to, um, you know, fit in walks or how much time do you realistically have to go to the gym or the types of workouts that you want to do? So I think there's just so much, um, there's just so many different levels. Like I know, like, for example, for the type of workout schedule, perhaps that like someone that's a bodybuilder has comparatively to the way that my schedule is, is super different and that's okay. And everybody has those goals. But again, I know that there's just a limit on the type of the time, the energy, the focus that we would want to give certain goals to that you learn through the habits. Exactly. I think that's like a really good point that you bring up because I actually, with a client of mine, always had like this conversation going back and forth because she had been really in and out of diet culture and like had, and just like, even towards the end of our session, she was just like, and towards the end of our six month program, she was like, you know what? I realized she's like, you know, these 10 pounds that I've been like obsessing over. She's like, I realized I don't want to sacrifice. Like if I'm looking back, you know, I think Mm. so often, especially when it comes to 
our, our, you know, weight as women, or, you know, if like, if I think so often it's like, we'll look back. I think this happens a lot, especially in your twenties, you're like, well, why don't I look like how I looked in college or like if I, how I looked in high school or like whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, I think our bodies actually change a lot Mm -hmm. during this time as well. Um, and she was like, you know what? It's like, I'm only seeing the good. And she's like, but if I really think about it, she's like, I actually wasn't happy at all. I was saying no to things. Like I was, you know, know, not going out with my friends because I was scared of ordering on menus and things like that. And she's like, and that's not worth like just looking a certain way, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's like my, my personality and like, and my happiness is so much more important than like that image of me that I'm attaching to. Mm -hmm. So I think like that really goes off of Brenda, what you were saying in terms of like those sacrifices too. And and she kind of came to that realization after a really long time. And I think that a lot of us do, it's like, what sacrifices are you willing to make to get to there? And I think that so often we actually have to take the time to evaluate that as yep. well. Mm. Um, Cause I think that so often we do just see like the shiny results and you're like, mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I need to get that. But like, we aren't even thinking about like, okay, but what does that actually mean for like the rest totally. of my life? Yeah. And I think that goes both ways too in your twenties. Like, I think there's, there are moments where it's like, okay, you know, those 10 pounds, those five pounds, those whatever are not worth sacrificing moments. But then I think there's also something that I recently experienced that I shared with you guys is like, there was a point um, over the past couple of weeks where I was like, okay, but in that like reverse way, my like mental health, my clarity, my like peace, all that stuff also isn't worth um, being sacrificed over like, work or stuff like that either so I think we kind Mm -hmm. of find that I don't even want to say balance because I think that the scale of um that balance scale if you will like it does fluctuate depending on where our priorities are sway thanks Drew um (laughs) and so I think it does fluctuate but at the same time it's like we learn so much more about how much we do want to give to different things in a way that I think ends up balancing out over time yeah. I think it just goes back to like we were we were talking about at the beginning of like your intention of doing something, you know, is your intention doing this to love yourself, to be happy? Like what are the real intentions behind our actions and like what are the, what's realistically going to get us that? You know, sometimes I think we often think because we're kind of trained this way by society, if I lose 5 pounds, I'll be happier. And like, mm-hmm. maybe that's the case sometimes, but I think a lot of the time that's probably not the case. Like there's probably, yeah. you know, more to that. And I think that it really does come back to that questioning. And so kind of going off of that for a woman who's like kind of first starting out on her fitness journey and her, you know, mindset and body, cause we like to put the two together, self-love journey, like and doesn't really know where to go because maybe she's been doing a bunch of diets that haven't worked in the past or doing like what you're saying, thinking every workout has to be a certain way. And it's just not working for her both physically and mentally. Like, where would you tell her to start? What questions might you offer her to ask herself to kind of put her on a better path? Yeah, for sure. So I would say number one, like experiment with different forms of movement and get intuitive on what that feels like on what each of the different like movements feel like to you. And by getting intuitive, I mean like actually 
write down how, and I, this is an exercise that I do with my clients is like, write down, even if it's in a notes app, or maybe you're texting your friend or you can text yourself, whatever you want to do. Big fan of a notes app, big fan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, write down how you feel before going to like, whatever exercise it is before doing it. And then kind of think about like how you're feeling it during, Mm -hmm. and then write down how you feel after and Mm -hmm. see like how your energy levels change. See, like if you're looking forward to doing it, see if you feel better than you did before you did the movement, whatever it is, because I think part of it is like actually looking at that because I think so often it's like, if I would have done that when I was going to this like crazy hit class nonstop, I would have been like, what the hell am I doing? I hate going here. I'm like, I'm anxious before I'm depleted after like, and you know what I mean? So it's like, and and I did that for years, but I was like, oh, this is just how it needs to feel, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that looking at that, like experiment and journaling on it and just like making those notes to yourself, I think is, is really important because also too, it's like, yes, I'm a Pilates instructor. I have an on-demand Pilates platform. Pilates isn't for everybody. Like not everybody is going to love it. You know, I could say like, Oh, go do Pilates. Everybody's going to love it. But like, that's probably not the case, you know? So it's like experiment with that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you do, um, experiment with that and see what you like and see what you enjoy. And then the other tip that I would give, because this was instrumental in like my fitness and like intuitive movement journey as well is start to track your cycle and get like intuitive with that as well, because Mm. as women, and I kind of wanted to touch on this too, when we were talking about just kind of like going and like being in like in a results driven society and really always feeling like we have to go, go, go. Like we, and we talked about this a lot on my podcast too, about like, you know, always having to be productive, et cetera. So our entire society was built off of a man's circadian rhythm. It's like their 24 hour cycle, their hormones go in a 24 hour cycle. It goes the same every single day. As women, we have four different phases of our cycle and each different phase, our hormones are different. Our energy levels are different. We need different food. We need different, like our bodies burn more calories at different areas of our cycle. So learning about our cycle was so important for me because it was very Mm. validating to me to understand like what movements were going to support me the most in different phases of my cycle. So like mm. back when I was talking about that time that I was, you know, going to all these hit workouts, et cetera, I was doing that every single day and I would be, wake up and be like, Oh no, can never miss a Monday or whatever, even though I would be so, so tired. And when I was like on, on my period, right. So like when I was in my menstrual phase and so it's crazy because it's like, actually during your period, we actually need more sleep mm-hmm. and doing hit workouts, like our cortisol levels are actually already spiked while we have our period and going and doing a hit workout is going to spike your cortisol even more, which is going to send your body into fight or flight, which is also going to trigger fat storage. And at that time I was so focused on that. Like, I don't care about fat or anything like that anymore, but like at that time in my life, like that was my goal. It was like, no, and I need to be skinny at any cost. Right. Mm. And I was like, I was being completely counterintuitive because yeah. I was like, I was just focusing on what society was telling me too. So learning about my cycle and the different phases of my cycle was really, really validating for me as well. Mm -hmm. And starting to kind of experiment with like, Oh, like I'm in this phase. Like, so like something gentle is going to be really good or, Oh, I'm in this phase. So, you know, something like a little bit more energetic is going to be good at this time for me. So that's another tip that I would give to somebody that's maybe struggling with, um, or like new to her fitness journey or like looking for something. Cause that was also like a really, really big turning point for me too. Mm, that's really cool. I love that. I've never really thought about that before. And with in conjunction to fitness, 
And that's super interesting. Is there any like resource that you loved while you were learning about that? Yeah. So there's a few different apps, but one of the ones that I love, um, it's called my flow and it's by, I believe it's by Alyssa Vitti, who Mm -hmm. has like the cycle syncing method. And it will tell you at different phases of your cycle too, because it's like your brain is at different points. And so like, Mm -hmm. at some points you're more creative at some points, you're more like productive and like planning and things like that. Or like some points you're more introspective, some points you're more social. So like, it actually will tell you depending on what phase you're in, like what you should do for that phase as well. Like with like your brain, like your love life, like all these different things. It's so fun. And also like the fitness too. And like where you're going to be at energy That's level so wise too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I really do because to be, to, I was about to say to confess, but to be very, (laughs) it's not a confession, but to be honest, like my initial thing, and it's not something I'm like proud of necessarily, but I think it just goes along with, um, that like, I don't even know if it's a go-getter mentality. I think it sometimes it could be a negative thing, but I think sometimes when it comes to like our period, I'm like embarrassed to say this, but I'm like, oh, like don't use it as an excuse to me. I don't just mean with fitness at all. I mean, in terms of like, um, Mm -hmm. like work, you know what I mean? Like I'm almost like I'm being too easy on myself, even if I'm not. So I think it's really validating and helpful to hear that like, no, one, it's real. Like it it matters. Um, And two, that there are resources that can help guide you through that. Because I think sometimes it's so easy to sink back into like, you're being too easy on yourself. Like don't make excuses. I know those are definitely, unfortunately thoughts that go through my brain, but I'm sure other others as well. So if you're in that hundred percent, like literally I'm on my period this week and like for anybody that wants to know, um, but like my if you husband, have a period, you're lucky because you're yes. a woman and that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but my, I was like complaining to my husband about being really busy and, you know, needing help or whatever. And then it got to like Monday night and he was like, okay, do you want to like walk me through like the video that you need me to help you edit or whatever? And I was like, honestly, I'm just way too tired. I was like, are you going to think that I'm a slacker? And he was like, absolutely absolutely not. He's like, you're on your period. Cause I've taught him about all this stuff. Now he's like, you're on your Good. period, you more Love rest. It. And yeah. yeah. And I was just like, yes, you know what? You're right. Like I, I was like, I, my body really isn't feeling it. And I was just like, my body was telling me like, no, you actually just need to rest and chill and watch a show. We talked about the benefits of watching yeah. shows. And <laughs> yeah. so, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to chill. So yeah, it's, it's really, really validating. It's, it's like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to download that. Um, yeah. but to talk a little bit more about you, so you launched purely you. So yes. tell us a little bit about the program and why launching something like this was so important to you. Yes. So essentially purely you is your home for becoming the best version of you. So I wanted a space online. Cause I think there's a lot of on-demand platforms out there, but really they focus on like one piece of the puzzle, um, in my opinion. And that's of course the movement piece, which I love. It's so, so important, but I really wanted to create a space that was encompassing both your mind and body and really just important, like showing the importance of prioritizing you. Um, and the other piece of it too, which was like my initial idea for the platform was I wanted to create a space where health coaching would be accessible because unfortunately, as with a lot of things in the wellness space, I think a lot of it isn't accessible, right? It's like not to everybody. And a lot of people can't afford a one-on-one health coach because it's not something that insurance usually will recognize, unfortunately. And that's like a whole other um, conversation that we can get into. Mm -hmm. But so I wanted to make it available and accessible for everybody. So basically there is, there's also two membership options where you can have like an all access thing where you get both the Pilates and 
the health coaching, or you can do just the Pilates too. So it is body loving Pilates. So like we said, in terms of like the, the language that we're using and the mini meditations and all of that. And then I also do quarterly challenges too. Um, but there's three core, there's different, three different categories of the Pilates movement. So there's elevate, which is like incorporating props, like, you know, like bala bangles, ankle weights, or, you know, weights or booty bands, Pilates balls, all that stuff. And then there's also mindful mat sculpt. So just you, the mat, the body, just really kind of connecting that mind body connection and motivation and meditation, all that good stuff. And then there's also cardio lotties. And then with the health coaching, there's a new topic that is addressed each month. So I basically will like coach you one-on-one there's four different videos. So like one for each week and they're all under five minutes and uh, actually some go a little bit over. So all under 10 minutes, but I coach on different topics each month. So some of the topics that are on there, like change your mindset, change your life, intuitive eating. I'm doing one on blood sugar balancing. There's going to be one um, in the fall where I'm going to do all on the cycle syncing stuff and all about your cycle and cool. doing workouts to fit for each of your different cycles. Super so, and cool. there's going to be a fall for all challenge coming up too. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's really, I wanted to create a space that was really empowering women and showing them that when you show up for yourself, when you prioritize yourself, when you learn to love yourself first over anything else, like everything else starts to shift and change in your life. Well, I love it. It sounds like an incredible program. And Thank now you. I want to take place in all the challenges. And and I love what you're saying <laughs> about like, um, like the things that you do on the mat really do translate to your life. And that's something that I've really gained out of yoga and Pilates of it's like, okay, like the wobbles that might happen or, you know, mm-hmm. like pushing through something and all those little things that really that mind body connection, it, it does, it does translate. And whether you have fitness, you know, goals or just mental goals, like they, they really do go hand in hand. And it's really beautiful that your program tackles all of that together, because I think you're right. I think that most things out there are kind of just like one or the other. And I think that that's super, super cool to have a place like a one-stop shop where you can go for it all. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for letting me share it. It's like my favorite thing ever to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. She, if you're just listening to the audio, she absolutely beamed when Brenda (laughs) said the title. And I mean, I think that's important too, because right. Like if you're going to be learning from someone, like they also better love what they're teaching. Like, yeah. And you clearly, clearly do. So it's so Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, we just have a couple last few questions before we let you go. Do you have any daily practices, rituals, routines, along with your, your movement that, um, really have been beneficial to you? Yeah, of course. So before diving into all of them, cause I think it's like important to say as well is that I, again, it's like, I really like to focus on that consistency of showing up for me each day, but mm-hmm. I like to be flexible within like what I'm including because, of course, it's like, I'll, I'll tell you all my favorite things. Like if it was my ideal day, I'll tell you all the things, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of days where I can't get everything in. And I think that a lot about life is about being flexible. And again, like that there's no perfection when it comes to your health, there's no perfection when it comes to showing up and like not getting hard on yourself. You can't do every single thing. And also like checking in with yourself and seeing like, 
which of my practices, if you only have 10 minutes, okay, well, like what's going to fill up my cup the most today, et cetera. Um, So in terms of like some other like routines and things that I love outside of movement is because I love my like daily walks along with Pilates and all that good stuff, but I'm really into superhuman meditations. Um, It's the app called superhuman. And she has this meditation on there that it's legs up on the wall meditations. It's like one of my absolute favorite. It. Um, oh, cool. I have to check it out. Yeah. And as I told you on my show too, it's like, I do gua sha and ice rolling while I'm meditating. So that's like, the like multitasker, <laughs> like so overproductive person of me. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do this while I'm and your legs others. are up. You're okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, there's so much going on right now. Um, but then my other two things that are like my ride or die is my gratitude journal. So I do the five minute journal, which is like three things that you're grateful for in the morning. It automatically helps me to train my mind to look for the positives, to look at that abundance mindset for versus the lack, look at what's going right throughout the day. And then three things that are going to make the day great. And then an affirmation, which typically for me is like, I just give myself whatever I need. So if I'm not feeling like super confident in what I'm doing, I'm like, I am the best at this. So like, blah, blah, blah. I just like fill up my own cup. I'm like, okay, what, what do I need? And how can I be my own cheerleader? And then I also read the daily stoic, which is all about stoicism. I'm obsessed. It has really taught me about how the only thing we can control is our mindset and we can't necessarily control the external events of what's happening to us, but we can control, you know, our reaction to those things and how we think about them and kind of change that. So those are some of my like favorite ride or die things. And I think of course, too, it's just like calling my family, FaceTiming my family, because they're all over the, all over the place. And that's like one of my like daily practices and rituals and having that time to like to connect with my husband, I think is really important. And like, we literally like watch a show every single night. Cause we talked about that on my podcast too. And it's just like Big that fans. time to turn off your yes. brain, you yes. know, it's yep. like, it's important. So, and people, when they're listing their like wellness things don't usually include that. And I think we all need to start including that yes. 100%. in our rituals and routines. It's like, yes, totally. I watch two shows before I go to sleep. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. And I'm that so, rocks. and we're all on the same page about that now. It's great. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. It's so great. I um, love it. It's yeah. Everyone go, go watch a show tonight. Turn your watch brain show. off, get some culture. We love it. <laughs> um, Alicia, now that you're 32 and wise, if there, <laughs> if you could tell your twenties year old self one thing, what would you tell her? I would tell her when you're faced with disappointing someone else or disappointing yourself, choose somebody else and Mm. to stop looking for external validation and start giving yourself what you need internally, because anything external can like easily be taken away. So fill up your cup with whatever you need and yeah, and just choose you. Wow. I love that. (laughs) Um, and as I break my microphone, um, and our last question for you is where can people find you? So where can they find you, your podcast, your workouts, and any other resource that you have to offer? Yeah. So I have the purely podcast, which is on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever podcasts are found. And then I'm at purely Pope on all the platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. I'm like, what else is there? Pinterest, all the things. There's a new thing every single day. (laughs) And then, and then you can also go to purelypope.com to try out purely you. And I have a code for every, for all the roaring twenties. 
listeners. So you can use the code R20 pod for one free month of purely you. Oh which, my God. Yeah. yeah. So you can so just head over generous. there. Yeah. So yeah we will absolutely include that in the show notes As, so everyone can check it out because it's a freaking incredible program. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah, R20 pod for one free month of purely you, and you can get that just at purelypope.com and just click the on demand and you'll see it there. Awesome. Incredible. Alicia, thank you so, so much for being here with us and for having us on your show. I'll also include that in the show notes so that everyone can check out both episodes. And this has been so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.